This is Orcs Game Ramblings for June 2nd, 2018. I finished up the four game series of Star Wars Saturdays using Impulse Drive. This was my Tramp Freighter game that I talked about yesterday, and things went differently than I expected, and boy, was it cool. So I came in with notes, and those notes only partially happened. First thing to happen, we Started off with them on Ryloth, which is the Twi'lek homeworld. Uh, they took off from there, trying to get off planet and get away because there's a Star Destroyer in orbit above the planet, and they had to get the heck out of Dodge. They successfully did, but during the escape, the Warhorse playbook, Atty Hen, Atty Hen, who was a Republic era clone trooper he ran into a clone trooper who was working for the Empire and successfully convinced his brother to let them go. Inadvertently, after that successful manipulation, another player character blew away half of the TIE Fighter squadron that this clone trooper was commanding, so he betrayed his own brother in Addy Hen's mind because it came from the same ship, right? It looked pretty darn bad. They jumped to hyperspace and they had a, you know, 25, 30 Twi'leks, uh, refugees that they had helped escape Ryloth because of a breakout that the Twi'leks had. So imagine the Twi'leks were this resistance group, kind of a nascent rebel cell, although they had no contact with anyone else. It's just the Empire showed up on Ryloth, took over, disbanded their military and security operations, and this group of young hothead Twi'leks went off in the middle of the desert, set up a little counter-organization resistance, and the player characters, their freighter, was kind of roped in to provide them with some weapons. That's what set all of this off. Well, in last session, that resistance group had gone into the closest city where one of their own had been arrested and was being kept in a garrison and while the player characters were doing their own thing um, I jokingly said it was like a misspent youth game session gone wrong for these Twi'lek resistance folks as they decided to blow up half of the garrison jump on some speeder bikes with their friend that they had pulled out of the brig and they took off. So we kick off after that happening. That was the beginning of the session is these Twi'leks were refugees because the Empire was after them because they had gone to save their friend. They get on the tramp freighter. They take off. Boy, I'm telling things slightly out of order. I apologize. Hope you're following me. But they take off, go through space, hit hyperspace to get away. And the clone trooper that had been betrayed by Addy Hen had actually popped a tow cable and attached himself to the freighter. The bounty hunter player character at Trandoshan, uh, his name was Vrork. He detached the cable, and so this ARC-170 starfighter that had a clone trooper, an old Republic clone trooper, Imperial guy, he got left somewhere in the middle of who knows where. A lot of things were weighing on Addy Hen the warhorse's mind. Now this kicked off a series of scenes and I had plans for each player, each of the four player characters for things to introduce to them, situations to have during this downtime because it's going to be three days of 
2530 Twi'lek refugees on a pretty cramped tramp freighter, a lot of things could happen. But they took it in some very interesting, <laughs> unexpected directions. The first thing to happen, we have Trey, who was the scoundrel playbook. And Trey, for the first three sessions, really was just about getting high. Uh, he bounced from one drug trip to another and did missions in between. And a lot of times he was he was allowing the purchase of illicit drugs to motivate him in how he handled things. Part of downtime for Impulse Drive is that you can declare, I'm going to work on a personal project. And there's some other things where you can have, I kind of call it like refresh scenes in Lady Blackbird that you can have with another player character, some other things that you can do. So he, the player, Steve Moore, a uh, player of Trey, the scoundrel, said, hey man, I want to go clean. I'd like to make that as a personal project. And I said, hey, we're fourth session of four. Let's put a tick in that. I think that's a really neat thing for you to angle towards. And he said, I understand that I'm not going to resolve it in this game session, but I really feel that's where my pivot should happen. I thought, hey, that is really great story instincts. Let's let that happen. So he spends a bit of time. We describe a scene of him choosing not to get high. Then we go to Addie Hen. Addie Hen, the clone trooper, the war horse, who had just gone through a pretty traumatic experience trying to escape from Ryloth. He goes looking for Trey, and guess what he says? He says, hey man, I'm pretty stressed out. Let's get high. <laughs> and it, it, Matias, the player of Addy Hinn, knew that he was going for that. He actually had that in mind, because it was character motivated, before he even knew that the scoundrel was going to try to kick it. What a delicious setup, knock him down, right? So they have a conflict. Impulse drive there is a manipulate move. You succeed at it, and you can manipulate another player character, and you have the option. If you get a mixed result, I can offer you an XP to do what I want, or if you refuse, then I force you to keep your cool to roll to not take stress, which is like a kind of damage in impulse drive. And you do that at disadvantage, which means you roll 3d6 and keep the lowest two. It's hard, man. That is a is a pretty hard PvP kind of move. Matias said, I, I make the roll, I've got a choice, carrot or stick. I'm going to go with stick because it feels most appropriate. You're trying to kick this habit, having to keep your cool feels like the right thing to do. Steve, playing Trey, realized the, the situation in front of him, made that roll, chose to take some stress, and just left the situation. So Addie Hen, sitting in the cargo hold of the freighter, gets high all by himself. And I thought, hey, that was a pretty cool one-two punch. Then we go, what's the downtime action for Blaze playing the bounty hunter? Forg had some guilty feelings about what happy lost his temper and shot down those TIE fighters, technically in cold blood, although, really, middle of a combat, Imperials, you could argue it. But he overheard over the comms where Addie Hen had talked to his brother he called him, that other clone trooper, and talked him out of the attack. So if Rourke goes to Addie Hen to talk to him, to confess he was feeling bad about it, and there's Addie Hen, high as a kite. Wow, that led to Rourke accusing him, coming down on this warhorse he had looked up to, felt that he had betrayed, and here he is, derelict in his duty, as it were, even though here they are in hyperspace, not a whole lot he can do. That led to a really interesting conflict. The two of them left kind of not super happy with each other.
while all of that's going on, we have Captain, who is an ex-Jedi, who's, who's been a Jedi in hiding since she was a Padawan and Order 66 happened two and a half, three decades ago. She was a Padawan on Coruscant, was one of the younglings that was not killed, was saved and taken off planet, and raised herself as we're always on the run, never calling herself a Jedi, never showing her powers. And during that escape, she reached out with a force and forced an Imperial pilot to crash his ship. Uh, and she was feeling pretty messed up about that because that was some dark, dark side stuff. So she's meditating in the cockpit. And then all of a sudden, one of the Twi'leks, an eight-year-old girl, is just sitting in the co-pilot seat beside her. And after a brief conversation with this girl, Luda, Captain realizes this girl has, she has abilities with the Force, too. And that was one of the situations that I definitely wanted to kick off. I mean, my note says, Luda talks to Captain. <laughs> that was my, my little note after doing some research on Twilic names and finding a cool picture and dropping her into my little NPC folder that I could show them. And I didn't know where Lowell, the player Captain, would take it. Is this a thing where she would run and hide? Would she step two? Would she not abandon this possible Padawan? Really, really cool sequence. As the limited abilities that Katma had, she tried to test Luta, the young Twilight girl, confirmed, yes, she has abilities with the Force. She needs training. And uh, in other scenes, you know, kind of parallel as those two are having that conversation other kids are talking to the other player characters and one of them mentions Luda says she's really weird we don't like her much and that was a fun kind of juxtaposition to kind of strengthen the isolation that this girl would feel from being different so captain decided hey i'm going to i'm going to take care of this girl so we cut to vrork who has like a trouble aspect in fate a part of his character is I won't let secrets go hidden um, kind of hey I'm the noir detective type of bounty hunter and that was a perfect setup for me because uh, I they had taken some damage during the escape and had brought their systems back up with some spot repairs so I narrated kind of a hard frame hey you're checking out the comm systems and you realize Vork that the comm systems there's there's someone pinging out there's a transmission that's going and it's in repeat it's the same thing not only that Vork but the prefix for this brief communication the prefix is imperial code so they have somebody on board Vork had to act. You've got a you've got a mole. So they go and have a brief conversation between the player characters. Really cool scene because Trey, the scoundrel, Steve, smart guy, immediately says, Well, if I was doing it, it'd be that prisoner that they had broke broken free that they helped to escape. That would be the guy who'd be my mole. And they go to this guy, Ozzel. And they pull him into the med bay. Hey, let's check you out. Let's let's take you to this, our little sick bay type area. Scan you. Sure enough, the guy's got a cortex bomb. And they're left with a choice. Like, what are we going to do with this guy who has a cortex bomb? He very 
clearly says, I had no idea this was done to me. It's a surgery scar between his two leku. He is, that's a brain tails on a Twi'lek. I had no idea they did this to me. He said, I do not want to put any of you in danger. Can you just, can you take it out? And the person with medical training says, not easily. Um, if this is pulled away from your brain stem, it's like it breaks that connection and it will explode. So the Jedi has to use her powers to try to deactivate the, the cortex bombs sensor. And then while holding this guy down because he can't have any anesthetics because that will change and give him a regular heartbeat, they decide to hold him down and the warhorse and the scoundrel work together to open him up his the back of his neck and pull out that cortex bomb. And it was tense. Those die rolls, you know, if that explosion happened in the middle of hyperspace, in the vacuum of space, everyone on that ship would be dead. And it was the fourth session of four. I was perfectly willing to let them all die. That would have been a pretty tragic ending, but the stakes were high. It felt right. And dang, uh, the lean on me rules, which are helping rules, kicked into effect as one player character helped another player character, and then Trey pulled it off. He was the right guy for the job, and they were able to take care of that cortex bomb, pulled it out, dropped it into hyperspace, and it exploded. Then they landed safely on the place where the Twi'leks had asked to be taken after they leave Ryloth with the Empire hot on their heels. They asked to go to Tatooine. As the Twi'leks were leaving, saying their goodbyes to the player characters, and were ending the the series at this point, I slip in a few meta tragedies <laughs> as one of the Twi'lek says, you know, cousin of my cousin is Bib Fortuna. He's the major domo for Jabba the Hutt. And another Twi'lek says, yes, yes, I know. My cousin, she knows Ula, and Ula is a famous dancer for Jabba the Hutt. This is a great place for all of us to go. And so they're excited about going to a place where they can make some money, work hard, but be safe. And the player characters, they don't know. And so Captain says to the leader of this small Twi'lek resistance group, guys, may the force be with you, but... Luda, this young girl, she's staying with me. Brief pause. She's going to be a Jedi. And that was the end of our series. And we did a couple of post-credit sequences type things. I like to do epilogues after games to make sure everybody gets to put their character to bed in these mini-series. Because you know, they're not always super satisfying. Four sessions versus kind of a campaign length. But really, that was the great moment where... Hope I don't worry about any kind of copyright but let's just say the star wars music rolls and that's the end and man it was a really good end i enjoyed that game immensely it was super fun planning i have taken a look at sea of stars which is the pbta space faring adventure style game that michael x has in playtest and man it is Really good for Star Wars. So I threw it onto the calendar for late July. Excited to get that one in playtest. There are some player action moves that are the killer app for Sea of Stars. Specifically within that, there's this thing that I want to see in play where two players will determine they have a conflict that they need to resolve. You set a number of points that, are, uh, that have to be built up to resolve this tension. 
And then each player can contribute those points during scenes that they have about that particular tension or subject. And then at the end, when they hit that limit break, if you think about in Final Fantasy, that once they hit that, you keep track of the points you've poured into it. Whoever poured in the most points is the person that helps to narrate how things resolve. And I think that's fascinating. I really want to see how that actually plays. Is that too mechanized, or is that just the right mechanized? I can't tell just from a read, but I am fascinated. And I threw that out on July, filled up pretty quickly. Can't wait to get that to the table. That is coming up, though, after Hut Cartel. And I have gone a bit long, so we will call it here. Thank you so much for listening. The intro music for this episode of Orcs Game Ramblings is Come A Dawn by Maroc. The outro music is Funkin' Glitchy by Sanmi. Both tracks are licensed via attribution non-commercial sharealike 3.0 US license found on free musicarchive.org.